Hey, good morning, Christ Old Fast. I am Pastor Eric Sorensen, and I am continuing today my devotional series through the book of Ruth, or maybe better said, the Gospel of Ruth, because uh, really every story in the Bible is ultimately pointing us to Jesus and pointing us to the Gospel. Um, last week we went over a couple, really, uh, fruits of Ruth's faith in Naomi's plan for her life. She uh, she took action uh, by um, uh, by going to Boaz, her sort of potentially romantic interest, um, and she displays patience, and we saw that pretty clearly last week. And today we're going to focus our attention on a third and fourth fruit of faith, and that is namely humble boldness and trust in uh, God's plan, or better put, uh, integrity. Um, and so... Uh, we read in verse, uh, at the end of verse 7, going into verse 8, Then Ruth came softly and uncovered Boaz's feet and laid down. Now, if you remember, uh, last week I explained what that meant. This was a way of her sort of showing interest to him. Uh, this was just kind of a custom at that point. And so she goes to the threshing floor and she uncovers his feet and it says at verse 8, At midnight the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. Now, if you go back to verse 4 of chapter 3 of our text, you're going to see that when Naomi tells Ruth about this plan to sort of go and uncover his feet, all she is instructed to do is that, just uncover his feet. That's it. But Ruth, Ruth is a little more eager than that. She doesn't just stop at Naomi's instruction. She goes further. As a matter of fact, so far that she uncovers his feet and then says exactly what she wants. I mean, exactly what she wants. She says, quote, spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. What does that mean? Well, in short, without going into a long, detailed, exegetical uh, storyline with you about what it means, it's essentially Ruth proposing to Boaz marriage. I mean, it, it, this you have. To, it's hard for us to understand how insanely bold this is at that time in history for a woman to propose to a man in a highly patriarchal society. But that is indeed what Ruth is doing here. Uh, just to give you an example of why we would say that, uh, Ezekiel 16.8 uh, uses the same phrase of spreading the wings over someone, and it's clearly a Jewish idiom for marriage there. It says, quote, When I passed by you again and saw you, behold, you were at the age for love, and I spread the corner of my garment. Now those words, corner of my garment, really meant the same thing as spread your wings over. And he continues, I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your nakedness. I made my vow to you and entered into a covenant with you, declares the Lord God, and you became mine. So, so in that passage in Ezekiel, God is declaring that he is, essentially he, was, he married himself to the nation of Israel, that he had taken them under his wings. So this is the humble boldness of Ruth. She's literally proposing to Boaz. And I, I love the picture we're given because I think it really mirrors how we are to come to the Lord as well. On the one hand, she really is about as humble as a person can be. I mean, she's laying at the feet of Boaz. It doesn't get more humble than that. 
And yet, she is boldly coming to the throne of grace, as it were. She's not afraid to say exactly what she wants. And so she displays, I think, what each of us are called to display in our relationship with the Lord. Humble boldness. I think when it comes especially to our prayer life, we tend to be either or when it comes uh, to our relationship to God. We're sometimes so submissive uh, that we don't feel comfortable really asking for anything. And so everything, our prayers basically could just be, thy will be done, thy will be done. And, you know, that's a great thing to say, thy will be done, but it can be very fatalistic if we're not careful because we can start to just sort of philosophize and go, well, what's the point? His will is going to be done anyway, so thy will be done. And you just sort of leave it there. And God is not interested in that. He, he wants you to actually ask. Um, he tells us, Jesus does, to ask for anything in his name. And to, quote, boldly come to the throne of grace with our request to persistently seek him. And yet on the other hand, you have those fraud teachers that are all over television, unfortunately, out there that only seem to speak about boldly coming to God and don't acknowledge their need to submit to his will. Some of these buffoons even say that if you have true enough faith that you're guaranteed to get whatever it is you ask for. The name it and claim it folks who tell you that you need to, quote, demand from the Lord, demand from the Lord what you want and you will have it. Don't listen to them either. So just as it can be an error to be so humble that you become fatalistic in your life with the Lord, it can become a very big error if you're coming to the Lord so bold as to demand. I mean, remember your place. You are his child. And I got to tell you, when my children come to me demanding, it don't work out so well. So uh, this is... This is a, there's a balance here, a humble boldness, recognizing who we are. And so uh, I think um, there's a great example of this found in the uh, parable of the persistent widow, of, of sort of the balance here. It's in Luke 18, and I'll, I'll read it for us now. It says, Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while, he refused. But afterward, he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. This woman is nagging me to death. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? It's a rhetorical question and the answer is no. In fact, he will give justice to them speedily. So that's the picture. She still, I mean, the woman is not trying to take over the judge's role, but she is persistently coming. She's persistently coming to him and she's not giving up. And so there's this humble boldness that Ruth exemplifies for us. And like Ruth, she is submissive, but persistently comes to the judge with her requests and he grants her wish. And that is how we are invited to be in our relationship with the Lord as well. And so we move on to verse, uh, verse 10 or towards the end of verse 10. And we hear 
Boaz's response. What is his response going to be to Ruth as she basically proposes marriage to him? And he said, may you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, and that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer. Yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight, and in the morning, if he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he's not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. Well, a couple of things that we see in Boaz here. This is a pretty remarkable response. Number one, it's very clear he's interested. He wants to get together with Ruth. He, re, he likes her. He, he, he has a lot of respect for her. Uh, you know, he says from the very beginning, this is such a great kindness of yours and that you haven't got, you know, you haven't gone after young men, which you could, and you're, you're coming to me, you're doing the right thing. That's a beautiful thing. And he, and he loves her. I mean, he really is, is drawn to her. And yet, uh, you know, he, he does not take advantage of the situation. And I just think it's, I think it's, I think it's important to point out that at this moment, I mean, he has all the power. I mean, he has all the power. She is literally like, take me, I'm yours. And yet he does not use that power to take advantage. But he, he remains pure and strives for purity and does not do anything untoward or, um, or inappropriate. So that's the first thing I noticed. Like faith, this, he has enough faith to, to remain pure and not to give in to whatever temptations might come from a woman that is basically throwing herself at him. I mean, he's a, he's a good man. And yet I also notice in this is that the man has incredible integrity because it's clear that he wants to be with her. He does. But there's a redeemer, another redeemer that's even closer as a relative to Ruth that apparently they didn't know about. And in that day and age, in that time, the closest of kin had the right to be the redeemer first. If he wanted to, it was his right. So again, in our modern culture, everything is so based on romance and so based on, on uh, our feelings that it's very hard for us to relate to this sort of setup where it's like, well, you know, see if cousin Joe wants her. Oh, Cousin Joe doesn't want her? Okay, we'll see if Cousin Bob wants her. I mean, it's just so strange to us. But this was the way it was. And the rule was that they had to see if this other person wanted Ruth more and wanted what potentially could come with Ruth more. And I just love the fact that Boaz trusts God enough, even though he clearly wants this woman, to say, no, let's, let's play by the rules. Let's do what is right. Let's have integrity here. We don't cut corners to get ahead. Um, and that's just, it's, it is a display of faith. It is actually a fruit of faith. Faith enough in the Lord to trust him that even uh, if taking a shortcut might seem like the easier road, that ultimately uh, we trust him to be in charge of our lives. So, so that is what's going on today. The fruits of faith, humble boldness in our relationship with the Lord. And Boaz shows us fruits of faith as he responds with purity and integrity. And so next week we find out what 
is going to happen. What happens when they find this other potential redeemer? Is he going to steal the show? Is he going to break up the romance? We're left on a bit of a, a note of suspense, and we will pick it up then. Look forward to seeing you. Have a great week.